You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast, episode 176 here on Rocket Sports Radio, where we keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Christian. I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, January 29th, 2022. And I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? Doing great, Chris. Uh, welcome and uh, happy Hockey Day in Canada to you and to all of our listeners. Uh, all seven Canadian teams in action today, and and uh, um, it means we get one anthem tonight. Edmonton at uh, the Bell Center, so just one one anthem, which is always nice. Yeah, for sure, it's always good, and it's it's also one of those rare times. Where if you tune in on a Saturday night on uh, CBC, you won't see the Leafs. You'll actually see the Habs playing. <laughs> well, that's always nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's rare that it happens, but well, every time it happens, we should uh, we should enjoy it. For sure. So, uh, uh, so it's a, it was a busy week for the Montreal Canadiens, like it always is. And we'll we'll there's we'll give you a complete medical update because there's lots of news on the medical front when it comes to Montreal Canadiens. It's uh, it could probably fill up like a whole episode just on its own. Uh, we'll keep you up uh, informed on the latest roster news involving the Canadians. We'll get you updated on the the, uh, the <coughs> excuse me the Laval Rocket who were in action uh, last night. And in our big topic, we'll go and review the current goaltending situation in the uh, organization. So and there's lots of. Um, things going on related to the Canadians uh, goaltending situation so we're going to take a deep dive into that in the uh, next segment uh, but first let's a quick recap of uh, the games since our uh, last episode and just a reminder to check out the comprehensive previews and post game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net it started off on Saturday the Canadians, they closed a 2 nothing deficit to force overtime in Colorado. The Avalanche scored during the second minute of OT to get the 3-2 win. Arturi Lekonen and Nick Suzuki were the uh, goal scorers. 
for just, the Canadians. Just can't get that overtime win this season. Canadians are 0 and 7 in o- overtime this year. And it was the same thing last year when uh, they, they struggled immensely. I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think Eric Stahl was the first Canadians player to get the Canadians win last year in, the, in, uh, in overtime. So. Uh, Dominic Ducharme is 3-13 and 13 in overtime since uh, taking over as head coach. That's crazy. And then in Minnesota on Monday, Mike Hoffman, he, he opened the scoring the second minute of the game before the Minnesota Wild replied with five unanswered goals and they went on their way to embarrass the Habs in the 8-2 victory. Rem Pitlick, former Minnesota Wild, scored Montreal's second goal, so it was quite a an embarrassing performance for the Canadians to end their uh, road trip. We're going to be talking about goaltenders in the uh, big topic in our s- second segment, but uh, um, Michael McNiven uh, made his NHL debut uh, playing the third period of this game. And then the Canadians, they returned home on Thursday after playing the previous 10 games on the road. They played in front of an em- empty building. Uh, the Ducks were in town and they took a 3 nothing lead on nine shots through 20 minutes of play before Jake Evans put Montreal on the board. It was a nice goal by Evans, but it was quickly forgotten as Trevor Zegers scored a Michigan-type goal against Samuel Montebo only 10 seconds later. Michelle Lacroix was still making the Jake Evans goal announcement <laughs> when uh, that goal was scored. Uh, Montreal, they did a good job getting back into the game, outscoring Anaheim 4-2 in the last 40 minutes, but that wasn't enough as the Ducks come out victorious 5-4. to four. Evans with a pair of goals, Lekkonen and Laurent Dauphin were the other goal scorers. And Laurent Dauphin's goal, he scored in the penalty shot with moves that would make Connor McDavid jealous. <laughs> right, I'm kidding, of course, but uh, he, he was a nice playing noise for that goal. I liked how Sam Montembeau um, reacted after, of course, that Trevor Zegers Michigan type uh, goal, and uh, Sam said, "Great! Now I'm going to see myself on TSN and ESPN for the next week." Yeah, and then uh, Trevor Zegers uh, on his end, he was saying he was trying to get the crowd out of it. The game <laughs> when he scored that goal, so he he was trying to be funny, but it's okay. Right, let's move on now to some uh, roster news. We'll begin with a, a medical update that uh, we received the latest news on um, on several players. Let's begin with Jonathan Drouin. He had a wrist injury. Well, he has a wrist injury, I should say, and he is out indefinitely. He did not finish the game on January 20th, and the Canadians announced that it's the right wrist, which is not the same one that was injured in uh, 2019. So he is out for an indefinite uh, period. Christian Dvorak, he has an upper body injury. The Canadians specified that it's not a concussion. He's been placed on injured reserve and will be out at least until after the All-Star break. That hit was done early in the game against the Minnesota Wild. It was in Dvorak's first shift, if I remember correctly, because he finished the game with 36 seconds of ice time. And Rick, that, that play, that sequence was reviewed by the the Department of Player Safety, and they deemed that it wasn't worth um, any supplemental disciplinary. Yeah, it's well, uh, I think for any of us, it's hard to predict what the Department of Player Safety is going to do, and uh, in this case, didn't see enough evidence to uh, apply any supplementary discipline. 
Uh, Joel Edmondson, he's out with a lower back injury. He's progressing slowly, really slowly, and is out indefinitely. And Joel Edmondson started off the season as, you know, day-to-day. For some reason, I'm pretty sure at one point the injury was his knee, but now he's become a lower back injury. But still, like, they're still out with a no return for uh, Joel Edmondson. And we haven't even seen him on the ice lately, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what happens on his end. Uh, Machip Perot, he has lower body injury, and he'll be out three to four weeks. He played his last game on December 14th. And then the Canadians, well, their final two players on the COVID protocol are officially out of the protocol. Uh, Joel Armian, Cole Caulfield, they they exited and they will return to uh, Montreal today. They were originally scheduled to return yesterday, but uh, delays in flights delaying their arrival to uh, today, Saturday. And... They were quarantined in Arizona for a couple of days. And then, Rick, they, they spent a couple of time in Wisconsin. I don't know why. How come they ended up there in Wisconsin? I'm not sure why. They were uh, practicing with the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, the um, former team of, uh, of Cole Caulfield. So, uh, Yol Armia got an introduction to uh, NCAA-type hockey. <laughs> um, but, yes, they were, they were in Wisconsin. Uh, were able to practice with the team because they weren't able to, to cross the border. Uh, interesting at the press conference uh, on Saturday, uh, Dom Ducharme was asked, uh, will uh, Cole Caulfield um, go to Laval? Um, the Canadians, it's going to be their bye week next week. Uh, Laval plays Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I think, next week. Uh, would it be a good idea to get Cole Caulfield into some game action uh, and uh, and have him tune up in Laval? He was uh, uncommitted. He, uh, he said that's something that he'd talk about with uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. What would you do if you were in their shoes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd like to see, maybe not even, um, maybe for an extended period, I'd love to see Cole Caulfield uh, go down um, and, uh, and 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 really figure out his game again. Uh, really understand how hard he has to work to um, create offense, not wait for it to come to him. I think. We'll move on to the next topic because I agree with you, and that's not good for the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, in other news, uh, Brendan Gallagher and uh, Paul Byron they've been practicing with the team uh, all week, and then on Saturday for the first time they practiced with regular jerseys, and it's still to be confirmed if they'll play this weekend. Paul Byron hasn't played a game this year, and Brendan Gallagher has been out since uh, mid-December, if I remember correctly, with the uh, with the injury, and and it looks like it will be likely that at least. Uh, that they, they have a chance they won't play on Saturday against the Oilers, but there's a good chance that they'll play tomorrow against uh, Columbus. Yeah, um, uh, Brendan Gallagher said that uh, that that uh, he ch- looks forward to to watching uh, the game against the Oilers and then expects to be in action uh, on Sunday. Uh, Paul Byron talked about um, finally getting hip surgery. He's had a hip problem for. Um, a, a considerable period of time and, and, uh, and had to take injections uh, during the playoffs. Um, and uh, so he, he was convinced to get hip surgery and that's why it's been such a long rehab for, for, uh, 
him. And it'll be nice to see them both uh, back in the lineup uh, for tonight. Um, Dom Ducharme, not quite sure yet what he wants to do with his lineup. That's the Saturday game against the Oilers. Uh, in warm-up, he's going to uh, use 12 forwards, 7 defensemen. He said there's a, a possibility that he might go back to that 11, seven, 11 forwards, 7 defense uh, uh, configuration that he's used before this season. And I think it'll be good that like both those players, Gallagher and Byron, are back because um, like, they'll bring back some energy, I think, to the team that uh, the energy of the team is missing. And, and Paul Byron... Like he's a he's a leader also in the team, so I think he'll be good being around uh, the team as well and be a good influence to the younger players as well. For sure. In the in the roster. Speaking of somebody who'll be watching tonight's game, Sami Niku, he cleared waivers on uh, Thursday. He was placed there on Wednesday, and was assigned to the uh, taxi squad. And uh, Sami Niku, he he hasn't played since uh, January 12th. He's played a total of 13 games. Uh, with the Canadians since the uh, start of the season, and we'll see like what's gonna happen because then even after Sunday's game against the uh, Blues, the, the Blue Jacket Canadians, we're gonna have to take some roster decisions. So it'll be interesting to see if Nico ends up going to uh, the Rocket at that point. I'd like to see him go to the the Rocket and and get some game action. I like Sammy Nico, but it seems that they have more confidence in Clegg, um, and uh, so. Sammy Niku likely would be around on the taxi squad for the weekend's games and, and um, has already cleared waivers, so can easily be assigned to the Rocket. And Corey Schooneman, uh, he, he had a, a brief stint with, with the Canadians, spent, was spending the last couple of days on the uh, taxi squad. He was assigned to the Laval Rocket, and he, he joined the Rocket when they headed on the uh, on the road I think Rick Corey Schoenman like it was a small sample but you know for the role that he had I think he did okay in the NHL I think he did too um, quietly you know he, he didn't do anything necessarily flashy although he moved the puck well uh, he was pretty good in his own end I I was I was impressed that uh, he didn't look out of place at the NHL level all right it's time now to Go to the Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, the Rocket returned to action on Friday after going nine days without playing. And the Rocket visited the Texas Stars for the first time in franchise history. And while the, the rust showed for the the Rocket, uh, Tori Dello scored his first career AHL goal to open the scoring. And then things collapsed in the last 40 minutes as the Stars scored six unanswered goals on their way to a 6-1 victory. Kevin Goal, uh, Kevin Goal, Kevin Poulain was in goal. He was Kevin for, Goal last night. Yeah, he was last night. And it's a shame because uh, prior to last night's start, I think he was doing a, a, a pretty good job uh, in net for Laval, but not last night. He was pulled in the third period after allowing the sixth goal. And there was a lot of animosity during that game between <laughs> the two teams. And we're going to see if that carries over to tonight's rematch between the teams at 8 p.m. Eastern time. 
It's funny because it, the game in, in Laval was, between the two teams was pretty feisty too. So, um, yeah, right in the mix there for uh, the Texas Stars was our dear old friend Jeremy Gregoire, uh, who scored last night. Nice goal. Um, cleaning up uh, around the net. and uh, But he was right in the middle of, uh, of the... the <laughs> the nasty stuff as it got towards the end of the game. And a highlight from, from yesterday's game was, well, it's a, a feel-good story, we, we should say, is Joel Teasdale played the, his first game of the season, his first game since April 23rd, so last season, when against the Belleville Senators, when, well, last year Belleville was playing in Ottawa, and he suffered a knee injury at that game that required surgery, with a long rehab for for the second time, and Rick, it seems like he's been uh, unlucky with with these injuries, Joel Tizel. Yeah, a bit of bad luck for him, but uh, he looked pretty good last night, um, using his size, and and uh, it was a good introduction or de- season debut for him. Um, now we we keep our eyes out for uh, Josh Brook um, and see how long it's going to take him uh, in this a similar situation, I guess. Uh, as Joel Teasdale, we'll see how long it takes him to get into some game action. And uh, Joel Teasdale he changed number because he, he 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 said he was having bad luck with the number <laughs> that he had since joining Laval, so he so he was a little bit superstitious and uh, and changed it back. All right, and don't forget to make sure to follow H the AHL Report or visit the website ahl.report for complete game coverage of the Rocket games with. Uh, uh, myself and Amy Johnson split the duties on um, on uh, for for game coverage, and also don't forget to listen and subscribe to uh, the Press Zone with Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens and Rick. A couple of guests in last week's episode. Well, it was one of those weeks where we had AHL guru uh, Patrick Williams on, and uh, so we dived in some uh, to some AHL issues. Uh, the teddy bear toss, uh, some good news, uh, um, charity uh, event, and in particular the one that ran in, in Hershey that set a world record. If you want to hear about that, you'll want to tune into last week's uh, Press Zone. And also... Uh, we had uh, TSN 690 uh, broadcaster, uh, play-by-play broadcaster, Dan Robertson. We always love having Dan. Lots of insight and uh, just a common sense uh, approach. And, and uh, we had a really good discussion with Dan. So don't forget to subscribe to uh, the Prezone on your favorite uh, podcast app. All right, now moving on to the uh, Canadians, uh, back to the Canadians, and a couple of quotes that we like to collect from uh, every week. And Rick, uh, earlier today in practice, uh, Brendan Gallagher, he was um, asked to clarify a comment that he made earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, um, we know how competitive Brendan Gallagher is, and and, uh, after the changes and and given the, uh, the direction of the Canadians, he was asked... Um, do you want to stick around uh, for a team that uh, may take a long time to get back to uh, the Stanley Cup final? And he said, you know what, I, I'm going to have to think about that. Uh, so um, this morning uh, in the presser, um, he was said he was asked, have you had time to think about it? And, uh, you know, can you shed any light on, on your opinion? And, and he basically said that... Um, Anyone who knows him knows that winning is the most important thing, um, that um, 
you know, he kind of insinuated that uh, a rebuild would be really difficult for him. And um, but he he ad- he quickly added that putting on a, a Canadian's jersey is 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 pretty important too. Uh, he did make a kind of a distinction at the end that uh, there's a real difference between a full rebuild versus a retool. And uh, that he kind of said he's going to have to continue to think about it. And maybe I'll have a conversation with uh, Kent Hughes or Jeff Gordon or both. And, and uh, that, that uh, uh, he'll, he'll then kind of decide which direction he wants to go. And I, I know it has caused a bit of a stir on social media. I know that uh, um, Brendan Gallagher is obviously a fan favorite. Uh, folks uh, think he's the, the heart and soul of the team and it would be hard to see him go elsewhere. Hard to see him put on another Jersey. Um, but these are the kinds of tough decisions that happen uh, when a team goes through a, a rebuild or even a retool and um, fan favorites in, in the, in, in the interest of the long-term future, the the team may have to um, uh, be sacrificed. So, um, especially if if uh, there's a good return coming back, uh, Brendan Gallagher has has uh, been on a bit of a decline. He's had some injury issues, and so maybe this is uh, an opportunity for uh, Montreal Canadiens. Again, <laughs> this is all just. Um, kind of speculation and and trying to read between the lines with what he's saying, but um, I think it would be really difficult for Brendan Gallagher to hang around with his his team constantly out of the playoffs. Yeah, just to throw into that speculation uh, mix as well, the difference between rebuilds and retool is um, for a retool, retool Gallagher, he'd stick around for rebuild. I think he'd want out. I think, so I think that's the difference uh, for, for Gallagher. And, but, and we should you know. say that, that um, uh, Kent Hughes was asked about, uh, you know, do you want to go, was it Kent Hughes or was it, was it Jeff Gordon? Uh, now I'm forgetting. But either way, uh, they said in their minds, they I think it was Kent Hughes said he didn't want to attach labels to uh, what's going to happen, um, mainly because he, he didn't quite know the direction before he, he had a chance to study the team. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think it's going to matter to some of these players. Yeah, for sure it's going to matter. And, and it was Kent Hughes that mentioned that. He mentioned that, if I'm not mistaken, on 91.9 uh, earlier this uh, this week in an interview. And a lot of difficult decisions for, for Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, from now until the start of, at least the start of next season. In the, the next quote, um, we're going to hear from Lucas uh, Vedemo from Thursday. This is Thursday prior to the game against the, the Ducks. So we know Lucas Vedemo, um, he's uh, prior to that night, he has spent some time in the uh, taxi squad, so he wasn't playing last couple of games. And then on Thursday morning, he was uh, asked to talk about what the coaching staff expects from him. Um, I need to play a hard game, use my skating, uh, be good defensively. And uh, now when I play center, win some draws too. So like those details I'm going to focus on tonight and then do my best to to do those as well as possible. Uh, Lucas Vedemo, he's... Um... I, I mean, he, he reminded uh, people at the press conference that he's 26 years old. He's not, uh, uh, he kind of knows the ropes. He knows what's expected of him. He's a very smart player when he's on the ice. Uh, pretty good penalty killer. Um, good, 
good um, um, uh, skating. And, and uh, we noticed in, in Laval this year, he's kind of using his size a little bit more than the past and going to the net and um, some skill too. So uh, he's a, a, a pretty good utility player and, and, uh, and hasn't looked out of place when he's been in the lineup for the Canadians this year. On Thursday, it didn't seem like the, the coaching staff or the charm or the coaching staff was, I guess, they probably weren't happy because we only got 5.13 of the time. Yeah. One, only one shift in the third period, which is which is crazy when I noticed that uh, that happened on uh, on Thursday. Um, let's talk about now Rem Pitlick, uh, player acquired through waivers for the Canadians from Minnesota Wild. And, well, he got the chance to play in Montreal to arrive in Montreal because he joined the team during that uh, long uh, road trip and he was asked on uh, Friday morning to talk about uh, how he felt when he got picked up by the Canadians. But at the end of the day to answer your question I think that I guess I'll take the wisdom from uh, Mark Messier's book. I read his book it was great the other day and I think he was talking about some of his leadership philosophies and he was just saying that at the end of the day everyone wants to feel valued and when somebody you know takes a chance on you and picks you up off waivers you feel valued so i'm really grateful for that and um of all the organizations in the nhl it's it's the montreal canadians where hockey started and to be able to be recognized and valued and picked up by them um definitely makes you feel good for sure i think what we're learning is rem pitlick's pretty smart player and um you know maybe while the the other guys are are playing cards uh on on the plane he's reading and he read um uh, about the leadership, uh, a book on leadership by Mark Messier, and what he got it from that was um, that yes, um, you know, money's important, or or what line or minutes and all of those kinds of things are important to hockey players. But what's most important is feeling valued. And uh, the Canadians went out and picked him up off waivers, uh, second time this season that he's been on waivers, and he feels really grateful to them uh, for uh, giving him an opportunity, for taking a chance on him. Um, I, I thought that was a really uh, a really good quote by a smart player who kind of gets what this is all about. And he's delivered since joining the Canadians. Yeah. Like he's, he's caught in five points in seven games. And with, with the Habs, he's always, he, he's looked good. He's been playing with uh, Jake Evans the last couple of games. And since the start of the season, like overall, he has eight goals. So that will put him first place, tied with Nick Suzuki in Montreal, which is, which is a little bit sad. Uh, I don't know, like nothing against uh, Pitlick. He's a smart guy, but it's a little bit sad that he'd be tied first place in uh, in goals with eight. Mid, uh, in uh, in other news, uh, well, like as I mentioned, the Canadians they played uh, in front of. No fans on Thursday will be the same thing this weekend against the Oilers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, the good news, I'm putting air quotes in uh, when I'm saying good news, is that as of February 8th, the Canadians will be permitted to admit 500 fans, an announcement that was made by the uh, Quebec provincial government. But the Canadians have decided that at least for the next four games, from the 8th to the 13th, that they're going to keep the doors shut they, they won't admit uh, fans into the building because well it's just it's not worth it for them to open the doors for 500 people and the canadians obviously are not happy about that um france mark uh, belanger heard she was pretty terse in her comments 
um, uh, and 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 really was kind of questioning the logic behind um, permitting just uh, 500 fans in a 21,000 seat arena. She said that uh, that uh, they may allow uh, some fans at some point in uh, in luxury boxes, uh, but uh, that they're 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 not happy, and I think they continue to lobby to have uh, an exception. And uh, in another news, Rick, on Monday, uh, a, a player important in, I guess, Canadian's history reached a milestone. Yeah, it was uh, Chris Kreider, and um, and Chris Kreider was uh, selected in uh, 2009 uh, by the New York Rangers. Uh, that was one pick after the Montreal Canadiens selected Louis LeBlanc, and we know uh, since uh, in interviews uh, that Trevor Timmons, Trevor Timmons, Chris Kreider was on uh, Trevor uh, Timmons' list. Um, he was the guy that was going to be chosen, and uh, at that time, um, uh, uh, Jeff Molson was owner of the team for about a handful of days, and word came down that no um, uh, ownership wants. Louis LeBlanc, they want to splash uh, with their, their ownership. Uh, they want a local guy. They want, uh, and, and listen, when Louis LeBlanc, I was there when Louis LeBlanc was selected, the roof just about came off the Bell Center. Um, obviously it didn't turn out, and, and the scouting reports about his work ethic and that sort of thing, unfortunately, turned out to be true. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this beforehand about, you know, that was a long time ago, 2009, but... Decisions that you make uh, can have an impact for a very long time. And we think of Chris Kreider taking out um, Carey Price uh, in the playoffs. And if that hadn't happened, if Chris Kreider had been part of the Canadians, how far would the Canadians have gone? And then you just said about uh, Rem Pitlick being one of the goal-scoring leaders uh, at eight goals. Wouldn't it be nice to have a 30-goal scorer in the lineup in uh, the name of Chris Kreider right now? I still blame Chris Kreider for Carey Price's injury now, like in 2022. Sure. I think it's it's because of him that uh, Price is not playing today, as we speak. Um, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet, he reported this week that the St. Louis Blues, Florida Panthers, and the Calgary Flames have had trade discussions with the Canadians about a pending free agent uh, defenseman Ben Sharot. And well, Rick, like we've we've known this since the start of the season. That uh, even before Kent Hughes, even before Jeff Gordon, we knew that uh, Ben Charat would be somebody that other teams would be calling for and uh, trying to acquire him. For sure, it's logical. Um, he's on an expiring contract. He's shown what he can do in the playoffs. Um, he would be a, a pretty popular uh, person to, to add. He's got some leadership qualities that he learned from Shea Weber. Uh, so we heard uh, Jeff Gordon's got calls. Uh, Kent Hughes, even even at his very first press conference, had said that he's received calls um, early in his tenure. Whether they were about Ben Sherrod, those guys won't say, but, but it's, it's uh, not a surprise that... Uh, Elliot Friedman reported that uh, the Canadians have received calls on Ben Sherratt. What might be a surprise was the news that we heard this week from uh, Frank Cervelli, and he said that that uh, it's not Ben Sherratt who's the most in-demand Canadians player by other teams. That honour belongs to Arturi Lekkonen. 
Um, that teams, the, the phone is ringing off the hook for Turi Lekkonen. Uh, quite a number of teams interested in adding him. Probably, and and Lekkonen's probably been the Canadiens' um, most consistent skater. Uh, he's played pretty well. The Canadians seem to be showcasing him on the first line these days. Um, and Frank Cervelli said there's at least three teams who are, in his word, not mine, begging the Canadians uh, to trade uh, Lekkonen to him to them. A good cap hit, like you said, consistent forward. Uh, he obtains and creates a lot of scoring chances. So I don't blame other teams for being interested in uh, in in Lekkonen. So so we'll be, it's it's going to be very interesting. I'm 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 very curious to what's going to happen between now and the trade deadline for for the Canadians because it might give us an idea of what uh, what the plan is going uh, going forward. All right, time to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Coming up next in our big topic segment, we'll go in depth with the Canadians goalie situation. But first, a word from our sponsor at DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to Canadian Connection Podcast on the Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisApps360. With me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at AllHabs. And don't forget, you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Canadian Connection Podcast on your favorite podcast app. And at the same time, leave a comment leave a rating, and let everybody know about the Canadians Connection uh, podcast. Time now for our big topic segment, and we're going to talk about uh, Between the Pipes. For many years, the Canadians, many, many years, uh, probably since the start of the Canadians, like 100 <laughs> years, the identity of the Canadians has always been goaltending, like, and great goaltending with Carey Price, uh, have, he hasn't played a game so far this season, so I know that's not breaking news. 
But the Canadians right now, they're sporting the worst goals against in the league. And not surprising considering they're the 32nd place team. And while the goaltending situation from all over the organization is um, is is crumbling. Is I'll, I'll be nice. I'll say it's crumbling. <laughs> uh, let's begin with an update on uh, Carey Price. And actually... Uh, Today in practice, it was reported that Carey Price uh, was on the ice for 10 minutes uh, with equipment, testing out the knee, I suppose. And no further updates on uh, Carey Price and his and any expected return. Uh, what we've heard is that he'd like to return at some point this season. So we're going to cross our fingers and uh, hope that uh, Carey Price is able to return and get some action this season with uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Something um, new that we that happened uh, earlier this week, an assistant coach had a media press conference. When's the last time we've That's seen unusual. that? That's unusual, yeah. Yeah, we've, we haven't seen that in, I can't remember how long it's been, but it's been a really long time. But goalie coach Eric Raymond came out and spoke to the media earlier this week. Uh, you know, he was answering questions, obviously, surrounding the, the goaltenders. And, well, he was asked to um, speak about uh, the, his relationship with Carey Price and if he had the opportunity to work with him. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's more on a day to day. They work more with the he work more with the medical staff. Like I, uh, to be honest, like we haven't been on the ice working on stuff. So, um, in my part, you know, like I, I didn't get the chance to work really closely with with Kerry because right now is he doesn't have the green light to go with me on the ice and and start doing goalie drills. So, um, so, but he's, he's been working hard with, uh, the medical staff and, uh, he's like everyone else. We, uh, he wants, he wants to come back. He wants, he wants to play hockey and we all hope he, he will. This was a pretty important, um, uh, Eric Raymond, um, there was a, a number of things that, that were kind of revealed here, or we were reminded of, I guess. And you assume that, um, you know, Carey Price had a, such a good working relationship with Stefan Waite, uh, but this is a new coach. This is a new assistant coach, a new goalie coach for the organization, Eric Raymond. He's been here, um, you know, more than half a year, and, uh, but uh, they haven't, Eric Raymond and Carey Price haven't worked very well, worked very much together um, because uh, other than talking and, and getting to know each other, uh, because Carey Price's rehab is at the stage where he still needs to be with the medical staff. So it isn't about going on the ice and doing goalie drills. Um, we heard uh, this week that uh, that most of, of the activity for Carey Price will be in the gym gym for the next two weeks. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of times he'll step on the ice. And, and what's key is when he does step on the ice uh, is to make sure there's no swelling. That's been an issue, and that's why his, his rehab had to be restarted um, because of, of the, the layoffs with uh, – um, with his his uh, entrance into the um, the NHL players uh, um, assistance program, and then uh, the the whole period over Christmas, the pause uh, that the Canadians, you know, where where they weren't allowed to use the uh, the practice facility or the Canadians facility. So 
things have, have gotten pushed back. Um, but it was important to know that uh, Carey Price, while he might be a little bit frustrated, as fans are frustrated, coaching staff, we heard Dom Ducharme this week, he's a little bit frustrated answering questions about when's Carey coming back. Uh, Carey's frustrated too. He's committed to uh, playing this year. Uh, but I think given that it's going to be a couple weeks um, in the in the gym, then coming back to the ice, and then working with Eric Raymond, it's going to be uh, a bit of time yet before we see Carey Price. And and since his nomination, so, so Kent Hughes, I think he's done more interviews than Mark Bergevin did in this whole uh, tenure. <laughs> in the, so he did the rounds again this week. Um speaking to different media outlets. And, well, in one of the interviews on 98.5, earlier on Thursday morning, uh, Kent Hughes was asked, is Carey Price uh, untouchable? And Kent Hughes' response was that he didn't say yes. He said Carey Price is untouchable because he's so important to the the organization and and we're really important and we really care about his his health. and they want him to come back, you know, healthy. And and Kent Hughes even did mention that he was scheduled to meet, well, to speak, I should say, with Carey Price this week. Like, we don't know what those talks would be about, but I'm assuming that they're going to talk about, you know, his health, how's he doing. And I'm sure there would be some talks regarding about what Price would like going forward. Yeah, and uh, Kent Hughes said uh, added a couple of things with respect to the fact that he's untouchable. Uh, he said he's been the most important player in Montreal in a de- in the last decade, and oh by the way, he has a no trade clause. So um, I have to you know I have to talk to him. I have to figure out what he wants, uh, and that's why he's he's untouchable. Uh, but the first stage is, you know, he has knee issues. We, we have to talk about that. We have to get him healthy. Um, and, and even Jeff Molson said that, that, that the organization's primary concern right now is Carey Price's health. And then once he's, he's back uh, to full health, uh, the, all those other questions can be dealt with. And I'm not even sure, like, why, like, Jeff Molson and Kent Hughes are asked these questions because, you know, like you said, Price has a no trade clause, so it's really it's Carey Price's decision, like, if yeah. he's uh, if he's untouchable or not, because he has to make he either has to give the team the, the goal that you know what, I'm willing, I want to move on, like, I want to move, I want to waive my no trade clause, and I don't know, here's one team or two teams or whatever, like that I'd like to move on. So it's. Kent Hughes can't say yes, he can't say no. Jeff Molson can't say the same thing. Molson was asked uh, it, at the Kent Hughes introductory press conference, you know, would you like to see Carey Price finish his career in Montreal? Kind of sidestepped that uh, that answer. And, and like, on my end, like, when it comes to Carey Price and his future in Montreal, it's like, it's... If Carey Price wants to stay in Montreal, like you keep him in uh, in Montreal. I think from the Canadiens' perspective, from a hockey perspective, uh, I don't think it makes sense to trade Carey Price because then what are you going to do? Like Carey Price, if the Canadiens don't retain a portion of his salary, I doubt that any team would pick him would pick him up because of the of the cap hit. So then, if the Canadiens have to keep a portion of his cap 
it, and then they're going to acquire another goalie. Well, the odds are the addition of both of those will equal to Carey Price's cap yeah. anyways. Yeah. So if you're going to move on to Carey Price, it would be because he wants, and you're you're doing it for for Carey Price and the respect that you have for him to move him on. If that's what he if that's what he wants. It's scary that I agree with all of that. That's 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 really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and and if we look at um, the last year, at, it was during the season, the Canadians announced a creation of a, a goaltending department, and Sean Burke was put atop of that goaltending department. And, you know, he, he acted as the interim uh, goalie coach when uh, Stefan Waite was, uh, was let go last year by Mark Bergevin. And then, Rick, it seems that... He's been in MIA. Like, where, where's been Sean Burke? We, we saw him on Twitter. We've heard his rumors that uh, he's being interviewed for, I think it was Vancouver or was it Anaheim, but one of those two teams. He was uh, he's a candidate for the GM role. But even Eric Grimmin, like, in that press conference when he was asked, you know, about Sean Burke, he said, ah, we speak a couple of times over the phone or virtually. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that um, Martin Bergevin, and we remember it was in the midst of a game, fired Stefan Waite, and then it was like, oh no, wh- uh, now what am I going to do? And uh, at the time, Sean Burke was uh, a, a Western scout for the Canadians, and <clears throat> so uh, Mark Bergevin, as you said, asked uh, Sean Burke to to step in and uh, and take over, and, and Sean Burke kind of said, well, listen, I'm looking for something a little bit more than that. Um, and so they, they created this department of goaltending with, uh, Sean Burke at the head of that. Now he, in, when he was the interim, uh, coach, he did come into, uh, Laval, uh, a few times, Marco Marciano talked about him coming in, um, but uh, you know he's 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 based in Arizona. We saw him this week uh, out fishing uh, with his his son. Unless you're ice fishing in Quebec, that's that's not going to happen. Um, and and Sean Burke wants to be a and and is is qualified to be uh, a general manager. And as you talked about the Vancouver situation, they they uh, decided on their general manager and it was announced this week, but the finalists included two, for, uh, Canadians, uh, trained kind of executives, uh, Scott Mellonby and, uh, Sean Burke. Sean Burke was a finalist for the GM position in, um, Vancouver. And, and, and I, I think that Sean Burke, uh, sooner than later is going to be a general manager in this league. And that's probably where he wants to go. So, um, the Canadians goaltending department is kind of, you know, as you said, Eric Raymond's kind of running on his own. Uh, Marco Marciano has been there forever, kind of doing things uh, on his own in Laval. Uh, and they've, they've added a, a goaltending coach there as well. Um, uh, with Marco looking after video um, uh, uh, coaching kind of thing. So, um, I think I think it's it's very disjoint. Like all of this is very disjointed, and uh, they'll need somebody to come in and 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 create that. If if they have the same vision as Mark Bergevin, and 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 uh, it seems reasonable to expect that they will. Who could come in and and uh, create or 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 solidify that? 
Um, is is Eric Raymond going to have a future? You know, he's he's Dom Ducharme's guy. Uh, they have a good working relationship. Is or will the Canadians go out and and change their coaching staff? And will Eric Raymond be part of that? Um, was was the that uh, apparently the team was the the committee was uh, very impressed with R- Roberto Luongo um, during the GM interviews. Will he be uh, enticed to come in? Um, all of those things are, um, you know, uh, possibilities. Um, but I think right now the Canadians goaltending uh, situation in the management level is as confusing as it is at the playing level. Yeah, it's very, uh, very, very odd that's happening. I still, I still don't get it. But let's go uh, back to the goaltenders uh, on the ice. Well, at least they're supposed to be on the ice. But let's start with the de facto number one goalie for the Canadians this season, uh, Jake Allen. Uh, he's played 24 games with the Canadians, but right now he's out with a lower body injury. Um, since January 20th, he, he was the timeline provided was eight weeks, which means would bring us to about uh, mid mid March, well March 20th, very close to a trade deadline. And well, if you look at his win loss record, not a surprise, he resembles that of the team. He has five wins, 16 losses, and two OT losses. He goes against average of the 3.15 and a 9.01 save percentage. And and Rick, like the scouting report, even before, like as soon as Jake Allen was acquired by the Canadians a couple of years ago, was uh, Jake Allen. He's good to to come in and be like that uh, backup goalie, somebody you can count on to come in once in a while and help out the number one goalie, but. Every time he he gets the task of being a number one goalie for a significant amount of time, his it affects his performance. Yeah, and I, I mean we we all love fans love Jake Allen. Jake Allen comes to the podium and he says all the right things all the time. So there's a lot of love, a lot of time for Jake Allen. But um, at this stage of uh, his career, he's no longer a number one uh, goaltender. He's 31 years old. Uh, you talked about his his uh, record. Uh, really, uh, Jake Allen uh, struggled in the preseason and and really struggled early in the season. Um, and 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 yeah, just five wins in in twenty four games. That that's not all his fault. Um, not all his fault. Obviously, the the Canadians have other problems, but he hasn't been able to uh, stop the bleeding or or be that one solid. Um, you know, number one goalie kind of kind of thing. Uh, we look at some of the advanced stats and the Rob Volman really bad starts, which is important f- analytic for goaltenders. Uh, Jake Allen is second in the league with seven really bad starts. His goals saved above average, above a uh, a replacement level goaltender is way underwater. He hasn't had a good season, and and I think that's partly because of the pressure of him being uh, that number one. Uh, there was probably a pretty good chance that Jake Allen, you know, all else being equal and, and all the goaltenders being healthy in the organization, pretty good chance that Jake Allen would have been traded by the trade deadline. That kind of seems unlikely with him now, his most recent injury, and he, he's out. Uh, he's scheduled to return almost at the, the trade deadline, so it would be a real surprise to see him be traded then. Um Jake Allen is is not the number one goaltender going forward, and the Canadians would have to do something. Um, and and at the, you know, um, is he going to stick around to be uh, a backup? 
Uh, we don't know. Is he healthy? All of those kinds of questions have to happen. But um, it, it's been a tough season for Jake Allen. And the Canadian's current number one goalie, Samuel Montembeau. Uh, he's getting all the starts uh, right now. He's the go-to goalie. Uh, you know, he's he's played 17 games this season. He has a record of 2-7-4, 371 goals against average and 903 save percentage. And he's currently playing with what appears to be a wrist uh, injury that, you know, he wasn't supposed to play last game, but Caden Primo's performance kind of forced Dominic Ducharme to throw him in there a little bit earlier than uh, than anticipated. And Rick, like Samuel Montebo, like, you know, he, he technically, he, w- he would have been the number three goalie, right, behind uh, Price and Jake Collin, and I think he's playing to that level. But that being said, I've, I've found that ever since he's been getting more regular starts, that he's been playing a little bit better compared to uh, to the start of the season. Yeah, Sam Montembeau, um, just two wins in 17 starts, um, and and at times uh, it's, his his issue is is that he's he's uh, too active. Uh, he, he's more of a scrambly kind of goaltender, and Eric Raymond has been working with him to to kind of settle him down and be a quieter goaltender and and I think uh, you know at at times uh, during during the season we've seen uh, a much better Sam Montembeau he's another guy who's very likable very likable when he comes to the podium um, you know fan of of the French media because he's fluent in both English and French and, and just has a really positive attitude and the kind of guy that you like. Uh, but I think it's fair that, that um, you know, he, he's more of an AHL caliber kind of goaltender who's been put in a difficult situation. He's trying to do the best he can. And now, on top of everything, he's got a, a bit of a wrist injury that may or may not need surgery, and, and uh, uh, but certainly needs a rest. And they can't get him that rest uh, because they don't have uh, confidence in the rest of the goaltenders in, in the organization. And even from from Montebo's perspective, like a selfish perspective on his end, like he, he this is an opportunity for him to play. So if he could play through this injury, like he he's never gotten as many starts in the, at the NHL level, and you know he has no contract next season. If he has a surgery now and he's out for the rest of the year, you know, good luck, you know, in, in getting another contract for for next season. Where now he's playing, he's getting a lot of starts. He'll he'll try to fight through it and try to work to get another contract with Canadians or any other team uh, next season. Uh, the hot topic when it comes to goaltending, Caden Primo, he had um, quite an interesting week. Uh, since the start of the season, he's played seven games with the Montreal Canadiens. He, he's won only one of those games and has a 4.6 goals against average and 879 save percentage. And he's been pulled... What is it, like three times or four, four times? times yeah. yeah, four times this season. So it's um, it's it's not looking good for for Caden Primo. At least he's not looking good. At least right now, I should say. I should clarify that that right now he's not looking good. And well, any hope that um, that he could be Carey Price's backup or the number two goalie like now with the Canadians. We kind of got uh, sufficient evidence to say that he's not ready for that right now. Yeah, he's been pulled in his, his last two starts. Pulled after the first period, which is tough. Uh, gave up three goals on nine shots um, against the Ducks. 
Um, in the, the intermission break, um, Marty Baron said uh, all three of those Anaheim goals were stoppable and, and that Caden Primo isn't, um, you know, his, his technique just isn't strong enough yet for the National Hockey League. Um, a lot of people, I think, have kind of misconstrued uh, when, when uh, you know, it was put out there that Caden Primo was kind of the heir apparent once Carey Price uh, leaves. We're kind of expecting the same quality goaltender, and I don't think... Uh, Caden Primo will ever is ever on that arc to be that kind of dominant goaltender. Um, it's it's tough because he wants to play at the NHL level. Um, he needs a lot more uh, games uh, in the AHL, and and he's just played sixty five games. And it was something that that uh, Stefan Waite talked about this week that. Uh, um, because of the COVID situation, because of the situation in, in Montreal, he's been, he's been, hasn't been allowed to properly develop. And he, he, you know, Stefan Wade always talks about 150 games at the AHL level. That would be ideal for Caden Primo. And, and he's been rushed and, um, you know, uh, Stefan Wade talked about that arc. Um, and, and yes, he still believes that, uh, if given enough time in the AHL that that uh, Caden Primo can be a good second goaltender, a good backup goaltender in the NHL. Uh, but I think the jury's pretty still out. Uh, there's a big question of whether he'll ever be a, a starter in the NHL. Possible. Um, will he be you know, able to take on that? We don't know. Um, the difficulty is his positioning. And Marty Baron talked about him. He just can't find that right uh, sometimes he's too aggressive and he overplays a shot. Uh, many times he's sitting back in the net and 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 doesn't challenge the shooters. Uh, his positioning, his his um, his ability to to track the puck, and when he doesn't track the puck, he's giving up a lot of of, of rebounds. It, but it's that technique, that positioning that. Uh, he hasn't quite figured out yet. It's the mental part of it, and and he needs an awful lot of time at that level, at the AHL level, to figure all that stuff out. Um, and it's it's you know, Don Descharmes knows. He said, um, you know, it's not about what I want to do; it's what I can do. Um, and uh, you know, he he feels bad. He said, you, you know. Um, he was asked about, aren't you undermining the confidence when you pull him so early? He said, well. Do you leave him in the game when you know that he's not at his best? When when you know that that he isn't comfortable out there, um, and it will get worse and worse, and that will play on his confidence. So, um, you know, Dom Ducharme said, right now the, the Canadians don't have a choice. They 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 would prefer to 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 send um, uh, Primo back to uh, Laval, but um, they don't have a choice. They have to put him in these situations. And heaven forbid if if Sam Montembeau does have to take time uh, to deal with this wrist uh, situation. Uh, and for Kenan Primo, like it's his third year, it's his third season as a, as a professional hockey player, and this year is his first kind of full regular season. Like he hasn't gone through it. In the first season was a season that was cut short uh, because of COVID. Last season, an abbreviated season because of the, the pandemic. And so he really hasn't gotten to experience a full professional hockey schedule, like uh, 
prior to that, you know, he was playing in the in the U.S. college system, and you know they don't play that many games as well. So it's 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 a grind being a professional hockey player, and you know he's going through it for the first time this year. And you know we still have to remember he was a, he was a seventh round draft pick. There's a reason why he went in the seventh round. So, um, like you said, he still needs plenty of playing time to see what his potential uh, will be. And and like you said, Canadians have no choice right now but to keep him uh, with the Canadians and at least in the backup role. And even in, um, in an article posted in the Journal de Montréal today uh, with Jeff Corton, he was quoted of saying that, you know, ideally he'd be in the minors right now, but we have no choice and he's going to get a couple more games with the uh with the Canadians. So what, what does that mean, Rick? It means every day at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have to keep an eye out on the waiver wire to see is there a goalie available. If there's a goalie out there, you know, we have to set our clock and see if the Canadians will, will acquire him via waivers. And that hasn't happened this year. Uh, Canadians aren't the only ones looking for goaltenders this year. We've seen the Sabres uh, go through six goaltenders, I think it is. Uh, the Hurricanes have had difficult time. They signed a guy right out of the NCAA, Jack LaFontaine. Um, and and this could be um, a record of sorts uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. We expect Carey Price is going to get into some action, and that would mean that the Canadiens have uh, have employed five goaltenders, uh, and that kind of that'll tie a record, um, and and it's been repeated on a couple of occasions. But five goaltenders uh, for the Canadians in a season. And that fifth goalie, we still haven't spoken about him, Michael McNiven. You mentioned at the top of the episode that he made his debut against the Minnesota Wild. Played uh, one period. He allowed uh, three goals on uh, seven shots, so it's not good for the save percentage or the goals against average. But that being said, Munchal didn't look good that night as well. It wasn't really fair for him either, but no choice uh, for for Dominic Charm, but to throw him in there in uh, that type of scenario. Tough situation for Michael McNiven. We like Michael McNiven. We've we've uh, followed him and and interviewed him and and uh, you know his path through the ECHL and AHL. Um, been in the system for a while. Signed as a as a free agent. Uh, Twenty four years old now. And and uh, ideally, um, it would be nice to see Sam Montembeau as the starter. Uh, Michael McNiven as the backup for the rest of the season, um, throwing him in uh, a couple of games here and there with Caden Primo heading back to uh, Lavelle, ideally. Uh, but, Dom, I mean, it's it's tough for Dom Ducharme to have confidence in in McNiven. Um, that, that was a rough third period for him. He said he was surprised by the, the, the uh, quickness of the release of, of the shots, um, and, and coming off the bench, uh, it was, it was tough. So hopefully he'll get a, a chance to be in a game from the start. He'll get a start this season. Um, but, um, I, again, it's, it's just a really tough situation. Yeah. And so now if Montebo, he like, he's, he's a man, he's a, the go-to goalie for the Canadians. And if he goes down or that risk gets worse, then the Canadians will be left with only Caden Primo and Michael McNiven as a goalie tandem for the Canadians. And just hard to imagine that this was a goalie tandem that began the Laval Rocket uh, this year. And, well, if you look in the system, Rick, like, what's left in the system? 
Well, uh, Kevin Poulin um, is, uh, wouldn't be eligible to be called up at this point because, uh, and, and, and that's not out of que- the question that the Canadians could tear up his, his, his existing contract and, and uh, the two-way contract he has for the AHL and ECHL and, and sign him um, if, if, if they needed to. And, and as you said, until last night, Kevin Poulin looked pretty, oh, pretty good at the AHL level. He's got uh, NHL, a little bit of NHL experience. In the system, boy, there's, um, I mean, there's some really interesting prospects. Uh, Jakob Dobas at, uh, in the NCAA at Ohio uh, has been playing really well, uh, but, but he's, not, he's not ready. Uh, Frederick Dekau, we're going to see him in the, in the Olympics. Uh, Joe Verbetic in, in the OHL. Uh, so there's 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 nowhere that uh, the Canadians can dip down and and uh, and add uh, to their to their goalie pool, uh, you know, unless they're really reaching and it gets to the end the end of the NCAA system and uh, season and and they they look at Dobas, but I, I I can't see them doing that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think it'll, it'll get that desperate. I think worst case, like they'll pick up somebody off waiver wire, or like Kevin Poulin, like you mentioned, would be would be another option. Or then, I think before they go to the NCAA, they'd, maybe they'd acquire somebody and give up a draft pick. I think that would be their their worst case scenario. So, so that being said, Rick, like for Canadians, have half a season. It's crazy. <laughs> Canadians still have half a season, and and they're going through all their goaltenders, and it's uh, it's not looking good. Well, it's not looking good. Like Jake Allen, he's still expected to come back mid March. Like you mentioned, I think the odds of him getting traded at this point uh, this season are practically none. Uh, maybe Carey Price has gets back before then as well. So it might not be the end of the world, but to be honest, can it get any worse than the first half? Well, it's interesting because there's there's two extremes that can happen, and we don't know how it's going to play out. Yes, there's there's a, a there's a possibility that the Canadians may end the last four or five weeks of the season with a tandem of Carey Price and Jake Allen. That that's that's <laughs> possible. That is possible. Uh, there's also the, the chance that um, it, it could go entirely in the opposite direction as as we just uh, talked about. So I don't think I think this is something that uh, Kent Hughes and and uh, and Jeff Gordon are going to have to be pretty patient on, and and uh, it's much of it's going to be determined by the health of of their one and two uh, goaltenders for the remainder of the season. And the fact that, that the Canadians are ranked 32 right now probably puts less pressure on them because if yeah. the Canadians were in the playoff picture and this how the goalies were looking, I think there'd be um, total panic, a total panic move coming, and they would they would have to overpay for somebody to acquire. All right, so we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we'll let you know about uh, co- the different content on our platforms. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 176 of the Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Just like always, there's plenty of content on uh, the Rocket Sports different uh, platforms. And, well, I'll be selfish and begin with my own content first. Every Monday morning, the Habs Notepad reviewing uh, all the latest news from the weekend, including updates from the Laval Rocket and the Trois-Rivières lines as well. And then the rest of the week, there's game day previews, there's recaps for every single uh, Canadians games. And then every Thursday, Rick, there's the Habs Fan Forum with uh, Ben. That's right. Um, we have uh, Back to Reality uh, on uh, on our uh, videos, and, and it's a short uh, seven, eight minutes on our YouTube, uh, that's uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. Head there uh, to, to get a fan perspective and uh, lots of videos there for you to, uh, to, to consume and, and, uh, and share your opinion. And as we mentioned earlier, the Press Zone every Tuesday with uh, Amy Johnson and, uh, and Rick Stevens. And uh, in last week's episode, Dan Robertson of TSN 690 and uh, Patrick Williams, AHL Guru, were on the episode. So a brand new episode will be coming up with the both of them this uh, Tuesday. And don't forget to subscribe to the Press Zone on your favorite podcast uh, app. And now moving to our social media component of uh, today's episode and Rick goaltending was a uh, hot topic on our social media platforms as well. For sure. Uh, we're going to take a look at Facebook, uh, our Facebook uh, group, uh, facebook.com slash all Habs. That's where all Habs. That's where you can find 
our uh, our fan uh, response, and we have about fifty thousand Habs fans who regularly make their opinions known. Uh, they were talking about the Canadians' goaltending situation. Art Pollard, uh, I'm going to read a few. Art Pollard said, "We're just cursed." Period. Uh, Pierre Paul Boutin says, "Trade Jake Allen when he comes back." Um, and, uh, Danny Beck said, uh, unfortunately we don't have a goaltender we can count on this season. Um, Danny Calvin was trying to look positively and he said, pretty sure we can still beat the Leafs. I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, always, uh, a good, um, uh, controversies, uh, when their Leafs fans join and join in, um, one uh, Garth uh, Max Stiebel says, uh, this is Primo's chance to make an impression. That hasn't really happened. Colin B. Cruz said, uh, play Montembeau the rest of the, the season. Um, well, we'll see if, if he can do that. And Jimmy Maben will finish with this uh, quote. Uh, Jimmy Maben says, sign Ken Dryden as soon as possible. Well, that will be quite a signing <laughs> for, for the Canadians. Uh, the Canadians playing two games uh, this weekend. It begins tonight as the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Evander Kane making his Edmonton Oilers debut tonight, and he's scheduled to play on the line with a, uh, a center. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, Rick Connor McDavid. Uh, I, f- I think I think he's not bad at Connor McDavid. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, and then a rare Sunday night home game for the Canadians as the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are in uh, town. And then it's the All-Star break, so the Canadians get a bye week. And, well, it looks like uh, like all facilities and the team will be completely off during that time. But we'll be back again next Saturday, February 5th, for another episode of the Canadian Connection because we know that there's always Canadians news. Even when we try to take a week off, like we can't because <laughs> the, the news keep on coming and we're always hard at work to uh, to bring you the latest Montreal Canadiens news. Rick? Great having you, you here. Much. Yeah, great having <laughs> you here this week uh, in the host chair on Hockey Day in Canada and uh, um, uh, covering all the, the, the areas that we did. We had a big topic of goaltending and I know that's uh, uh, an interest of yours. So uh, wonderful having you here and... Uh, uh, good luck with the Laval coverage this week. And uh, again, as Chris said, watch out for his notebook uh, article that comes out every Monday. And also don't forget to subscribe. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to the Canadian Connection podcast on your favorite podcast app and share it on your social media platforms. Tell your friends, leave a rating as well. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Habs 360. Thank you for listening to Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadian's Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.